Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Achtung Mool, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Summertime, dear listeners, and the living is easy for some of us, but not for our two guests, Harry Warren and Michael Avery, both of whom played in the inaugural Paul Jiggins Cup the other night. Welcome, chaps. Welcome to you both. As the legs. As the legs, Harry. This is what I'm trying to drive at. 90 minutes pretty much on the den pitch, mate. I, I take my hat off to you. That would have killed me. Put may well physically have killed me. How, how are you? Uh, yeah, I think I got about 65 minutes. And uh, uh, yeah, it didn't hurt on the night. It fucking hurt yesterday and it hurts today. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Maybe I'm not as fit as I thought I was. I think that's probably true. Michael, you are a fitness machine, mate, so I'm not going to ask you about your fitness. Did you enjoy, you were refereeing um, this great little event the other night, you were refereeing. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, it was great fun, oh, in, in all seriousness. But um, I, I messaged it to, to some of the players who took part and, and Phil Clark, who, who did superb organising the event. But it was just really good fun, really good laugh. And um, thank you as well to Millwall Football Club for letting us have the pitch and plan on it because... I know the pitch has got some criticism over the years, but it was like it was like a snooker table. And uh, yeah, for, for the first time this season, regardless of the levels I've reffed and been involved with and run the lines, six miles I ran in that, in that right. 90 minute game. Six miles. So yeah, yeah, my legs have been a bit tired. But no, in, in all, any any uh, any pain quickly goes when you remember the game. You know, I'm still I'm still buzzing about it now, and it was a couple of days ago. It's all it's all we've been talking about. Absolutely. I mean, just to explain to listeners, this was a, a fans game organised by uh, Phil Clark. Uh, so hats off to Phil for organising this. There was a game played between two sets of fans via the House of Fun website, mostly. Um, 90 minutes on the den. Um, I think for many, Harry, I mean, you you, you posted afterwards. And I, I've been struck when we, years ago, we organised the Lions Trust Cup five-a-side thing and Phil organising this now for many, many people. This is a bit of a dream come true to actually play in a Millwall shirt, in your case, because I noticed both of both sides were kitted out in um, away kits. Um, but to play in a Millwall shirt on the pitch of the den is, is quite something, mate. I mean, you seem quite proud and lifted by the, by the event. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think... Um, I hadn't played... For me, I hadn't played football in probably since I was about 16, 17. Um, before yeah. this season so to to obviously join the Saturday side sort of do me do me badges this year I've sort of been on a bit of a football journey playing wise again obviously never going to do anything of note in any other form than amateur um, so this will be the highest the highest moment of, of me ever playing do you, do you know what I mean I'm never going to play on the yeah. surface like that again never going to have a dressing room like that again um so yeah, it was like it was a dream come true. There's no other word to wear the number nine was was nice. Just so out of the bag, I definitely weren't looking for it. Um, first time <laughs> number nine's been at left back, I tell you. But um, yeah, it, it, it was. It was. I mean, everything about it, like the organisation from 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 Phil and and the other people. I mean, I know the club helped out with it as well. Phil's yeah. be the first person to say. But like, just just even like getting there the way it was laid out you got to go out on the pitch before like before the game before you went and got changed sort of thing and have your photos and you walk around and you you know it, it was our stadium because you feel like it's yours we've all been there we all know what it's like and you a bit of it 
stays with you even when you're not there kind of thing and you got to walk around it got to I got to look up there was a pigeon that flew to Birdshit Corner Nick and I thought oh no <laughs> it is Birdshit Corner for a reason <laughs> yeah I don't know why they like that corner they, they do seem to I mean Michael you're actually using the um the, the referee's um dressing room weren't you I mean it's it's I was really struck looking at the pictures and the videos and the you know the, the comments but played under floodlights in the proper stadium and in, you know, in full with kind of pretty much full facilities. I, I, I take my hat off to Millwall Football Club and Phil for organising this because it's a lot of work that goes into this. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is as well, it was as, as silly as it sounds and um, it, was, it was actually all done properly, you know. So you had the two teams in their sort of changing rooms and, you know, as the match official, we came out and we, um, you know, sort of knocked on the doors and checked the studs, all that kind of stuff you normally would expect from, from these high-level games. You know, Absolutely. unfortunately, unfortunately, note to Millwall Football Club, your buzzer don't work when you're trying to get the players ready, the bell. <laughs> so we had to do the old-fashioned knock on the doorway. But, you know, we were lined up in the tunnel properly, um, let them come playing as well. We, we had the minutes I of draws saw that. as well. What a wonderful fantastic. touch. What a wonderful touch. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really, really nice. But also as well, I, I, do you know what's really weird? He's like, look, I've been on the, the pitch a couple of times. Harry, you've been on the pitch a couple of times. Obviously not in football roles, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, no chance for that. Fun, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, some people have been on the pitch for the tours and, and that kind of thing. And and when you're there, you 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 look at it and, and you get, as you've said a, a few times before, Nick, on previous shows, you, you get the concept of it's quite steep. You don't realise how mm, close... Claustrophobic, I would say. But I'll tell yeah. you, yeah. one thing that got me, Harry, and I don't know about you, now... It was brilliant the people who came along and watched as well. Um, it wasn't the sort of numbers you'd get for like obviously um, league games or even like the Wonderwall the Cup, which, which yeah. had good yeah. turnout. Yeah. But uh, the reserve yeah. games. But there was there was a great little attendance there and in in the um, uh, Kitchener Lower. But I don't know about you, Harry, but every time that goal went in, how loud did it sound? Considering in the grand scheme of things, there wasn't the thousands upon thousands upon thousands. It sounded really loud in the atmosphere was amazing. And you think if that's just the noise levels you can generate from just a few, you know, mm. um, I, 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 I don't know how many people was there. I was, I was obviously too sort of involved in the game itself. But if that's the noise levels you're getting from a quite a small number, that's why when people say there's, when there's 20,000 here, it sounds like there's 70,000. But, yeah. but it was just, it was just fanta a fantastic atmosphere. Great day. And I'll tell you what, to take the rats off as well, being what you have the best seat in the house when you're a referee because you're not obviously involved in the game, but you can watch everything that goes on. There's some lovely football played, really, really nice football played by some of the players out there, you know. So it was, it was yeah. good, good to be part. Fair play to both sides. I've, I've got an image of uh, Phil produced a, a team sheet again done in the the uh, the kind of font and style of the match day program, which I think is just a really nice touch. There seem to be loads of nice touches even down to having the kits harry i mean that that was like a proper away kit that you're wearing there and the, the other side had the um the red and white kind of husky mountain kind of image on on the shirt yeah nice nice touches nicely done in that way i felt and the you know the team sheet it just looks like a proper properly produced team sheet i thought yeah that was i think the kits were okay by um the mct weren't they michael uh, I think I believe right. so, yeah, Sean. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I mean that's off to the Mill Community Trust. I think Sean and Alex Russell sorted 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 that out for us. Yeah. Um I mean Billy Taylor, Billy Taylor was was there. There was a few people from the club there. Um and you know, it it, it showcased the best of our club, you know, the much maligned, you know, media grabbing headlines. There won't be a job written about raising money for one of their colleagues, basically. Um no, I mean the money uh, was to the um, the Jiggins uh, family. I think they've got like a a, a, um, a charitable appeal going on. Um, Paul Jiggins, of course, listeners being um, the Sun journalist and Millwall fan, huge Millwall fan, who sadly passed away quite recently. He was um, he pre presented the the Wall Talk podcast for anyone that wants to listen to some of the older editions. You're you're hearing very knowledgeable, lovely bloke. I I, I met him um, not so long ago when I did the the podcast episode with the club. So this is a really nice appeal. Um, just going to read out, indulge me here, boys and listeners. I'm going to read out the, the names of the two squads involved. So um, these are all, largely speaking, I think, um, House of Fun um, users. Uh, obviously, uh, they, they've come together via Phil Clark. So we've got two teams organised, two squads, one known as Jigo United, 
managed by Mickey Perkins. Mickey Two Horses, I know Mickey. Um, the names on that uh, side, Michael Bloomfield, Jack Callahan, Pete Chandler, Jack and Phil Clark, Les Davis, Harry Foster, Paul Glassborough, Simon Griffiths, Danny Kempster, uh, Paul Kennedy, Neil Locke, Neil Richardson, I know as well, Omar from uh, That Mill Podcast, Omar Ronane, uh, Alex Russell, um, who is, 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 is on the, um, is, 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 is the, the ladies' um, team, is isn't he? Yeah. Assistant yeah. manager, yeah. absolutely, Alex. Uh, shout out to Mickey Simpson of uh, of the, I'm, 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 well done, Mickey, if you're listening for um, putting yourself through that athletic um, <laughs> test. I, I'll take my hat off to you, mate. Um, Del Smith, Tony Thomas, TT, our very own Harry Warren, uh, and Richard York. Who I know well, Richard. Uh, big shout out to Richard. Uh, on the opposition, boys, we have London Wall. Uh, managed by Firewall. I've met Firewall. I know, know Firewall. Assistant manager, Alex Grace. I think he's on the um, communications team, Alex, isn't he? And he writes for the, um, South London and um, Southwark News, that kind of... Um, there we are, Alex. Big shout out to Alex. Then we've got Jack and Nick Bone. I know I know Nick. Uh, I know, know both of their dads, uh, Don. Uh, Chris Chapman, Bob Colclough, Nick uh, Desanges, the Desange. I'm going to give it the French spin. Apologies, mm-hmm. Nick, if you pronounce it in an English style, but I'm going to give you a continental twist, mate. Desange. Harry Dolby, um, almost certainly a member of the Dolby family. Dean Greensmith, Peter Huckstep, George and Mark Livett. Our own Ryan Loftus, um, Caleb Morley, Pete Noden, Chris Purcell, Steve Redman, Tom Rudland. Uh, Chicken George, there's a great name from the past. Chicken George, uh, Steve Songers, David Turner, who I know, and Joe Serafa, and match official, our very own Michael Avery. Um, Michael, I mean, you you, you ref the game. Um, we were just talking off air, boys, weren't we, about the, the good spirit, generally good spirit play in which the game was played. Um, I'm constantly amazed at the million and one decisions that go through your head as a, as a referee, particularly in tight situations. Um, I'll take my hat off to you, mate, because you're, you're on the pitch for the full 90, aren't you? Where some of the players, I'm going to guess, were rolling in and out of game as, as it went along. Yeah, yeah. And um, do you know what? It was one of those things that it, it did start off quite faster paced than I thought it would in the nicest way, because I thought where it was like the charity game and um, in, not in a sense you don't take it seriously, but, you know, you, you've got the spirit of what the game is for. Um, yeah. But there was some crunching tackles really early doors some, some like I said some nice football played and I was a bit like do you know what um yeah this is gonna this is gonna be a, an entertaining hour and a half for me to say the least but do you know what uh, do you know what in the nicest way as, as I said to someone um in, in Harry's bar afterwards part of being a referee you need to have that little bit of mental where you you've got to get used or accept that you're a little bit of the panto villain in the sense that you know you're like you'll make a decision that it, it's, it's not popular um, yeah. I, I, I had one on a game on Sunday, um, just gone in a league game where I gave a penalty, and it, and as I said to, to someone, um, someone the other uh, the other day when I was there, you had one team who was absolutely adamant it was a penalty, hundred percent. Guys got to get sent off red card, but then the other team's like, no, he's run across, missed a complete accident. You can't give a penalty. So it's like no matter what, what no matter what way you go, you are going to piss off fifteen geezers from one team. There's nothing you can do about it. But there was there was a there was a couple of decisions, but. Yeah, maybe I'll hold my hands up. Like I could have given one or two, um, but again, it was the charity game, so you don't want to be too much of a job's worth, if you will, and try and let the game flow as best you can. But but also as well, there, there were times where I, I did sort of speak to the players as well, where I might have said to someone, you know, got to be careful with that one, or or like I, I, me and Harry said off air, we had a bit of a joke about it. Like Harry's arm went up a. Um, and sort of he, he gave someone a little bit of a cuddle, didn't you, Harry, when he was running away from you? Did he? So Did he? Yeah, not, look, let's be honest. It was going to be, I, I've watched the one. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, so. I've watched the one, nothing by Pep. I'm well aware of the tactical foul. Someone ran past me. <laughs> it was going to create an overlap. And yeah, the arm cut, the arm come out. And Michael didn't yeah. fucking blow. He didn't carry on the game with the advantage. He read your mind. I, I was going to say, because he, he left you about 10 yards behind, Harry. I didn't yeah, need to blow for the foul. But um... hey, hey, you compared yourself with Robbie Ryan meeting up with Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, <laughs> off first, off. first off, I had a fucking. I come on at left back. I don't play left back. And uh, 
fucking uh, this. They had this kid, and he was absolute lying. He was just <laughs> absolutely. And uh, we uh, Phil, Phil and uh, Jack Clark for playing the centre back partnership, which must have been lovely for him, like father son to play centre back. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Phil, Phil done it. Phil plays at quite a high um, vet standard. That I've been been reliably informed, and uh, not by himself. So he might, he might. <laughs> So, so Phil done his hamstring. So we had sort of like, we changed in the first 20 minutes, Jigo United, who I was playing for, um, yeah. fucking, we changed two out the back four. <laughs> We're still trying to get, get used to it. It's like, everyone's trying to play our line. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> this ain't going to work. But, but, but in, all, in all seriousness, going back to your point, Nick, you, 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 you blow the whistle. There's some decisions where you do get people sort of question it, if you will. But there, there, there was nothing, nothing bad or anything. It, it, it was played in the right spirit of what the game was and what the occasion was. And 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 when you play football, if it's friendly, even in training, you know you're going to get decisions that you question or you don't agree with. But the good thing was, was like I said, it it, it was an absolute joy to rep. Really was. They they, they were all all of them. Any, anyone who's listening now who's a part of it. Those absolutely top lads, every single one of them. And um, and if there is going to be another one of these in the future, I, I do strongly recommend to anyone who's listening who weren't involved to maybe get involved and see if they can, because it, it was a great day, really, really good day. Well well done, Phil, for organising. Well done, Millwall, Billy, Veronica, all those behind the scenes, Sean Daly. Excellent work, everyone, got to say. I mean, Second that, yeah. The, the thing was as well, it weren't it wasn't boring. That That's also something like, uh, I think what you said there with the... Uh, with the charity game is like sometimes because there's nothing on it, like it's a charity game. People mm. sort of it is slower, but it yeah. I mean, it was a it was a game of high drama at the den. I mean, it was literally as much as much. Um, it, it fitted it fitted Millwall Football Club really, didn't it? It was um, <laughs> it, it literally couldn't have ended or couldn't have gone the way that it did. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. But even well even done. after the game yeah. as well, but even up. Sorry, just before we before we we close off on this, Nick. But even after the game as well, we we all went back in Harry's bar and everyone's sort of having a drink together, having a chat together. They're two different sides, match officials, supporters. Every everyone's there, and it was it, it was just it was nice for the fan base to come together because you know like as I said, you've got people from House of Fun, you've got people from the yeah. Lionesses, yeah. you've got Acton Millwall, that Millwall podcast, yeah. and. You know, like yeah. I, we've all come together for a common reason, and, and that's what it's all about. That is Millwall. I mean, you've, you've both summed it up very nicely. Um, I, I take my hat off to everyone involved in it. So, well done, Phil. Well done, Millwall. Well done, all the boys that I just whose names I've just read out. I just wanted to make sure everyone got a mention out of what was a really nice event in memory of one of the great Mill fans of recent years, Paul Jiggins. So, well done, everybody. I'm going to take a little short break, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to dwell on some of the news such as there's been of the summertime. So we'll be right back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're listening to Achtung Mool, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Welcome back, dear listeners. So I thought we'd just... Always, there's not been an awful lot of Millwall news. I mean, there's obviously the first thing to say is that we've had the uh, the retained list, um, which didn't really contain any great surprises, Harry. The retained list, uh, the main news of which uh, is the departure, which we knew about of Alex Pearce and, and Conor Mahoney. Um, I think we should both wish them, we should wish them well. I mean, Alex, I would imagine, is going to be at the end of his career, possibly coaching. He seems to have aspirations in that direction. And... Mahoney, I I think will find a club. He's he's too good a player to to let the career get away from him, Harry. Do you agree? Or I know he's not done it for us, but he will find work somewhere else, won't he? Yeah, I think I think Alex Pierce might go and play somewhere else. Um, I don't Lower level. necessarily think he's ready to stop. Um, and and Con Mahoney, as as Aaron alluded to on a previous podcast, I think. The free market is where the value is this season. Um, mm. Everyone will be in vogue of the Luton model, especially in the championship of sign sign the free agents and sort of a money ball type type system. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I can see, I can see Conor Mahoney maybe at a Portsmouth, someone like that, sort of a club that needs to get out of League One, sort of one of the big. Bigger teams now, Sunderland ain't in League One. Portsmouth have got to, have got to eventually get out of that league. Um, so I could see him maybe going down the road there, someone like that. Would you, say, would you say League Trumpers. One though? Would you say League One? Well, I, I was thinking League One, but quality wise, would, would he would, would he not go somewhere like a hole or he was a bottom? I, I was. What, I mean, you what, mentioned what, Luton, Harry. I was going to say Luton. I mean, I would have thought he would no, fit in, he would fit in somewhere. You know. Yeah, mm. I think I think he would, but then I suppose from from a from a club's point of view. You know, Millwall not the most fashionable club in the world. Look mm. at his look at his appearances over his contract. He's probably got what maybe thirty appearances over three years, maybe. Been injured, not really done it. Scored two <clears> goals <throat> both against Blue. Very very inconsistent. I mean, you got that that it's it's sad, but there true. might I mean, be I better value out there than a thirty game in three year winger that. On his day, it can be unplayable, but his day is once a season, and it literally yeah, both times yeah. for us it was against Luton. He I might go to La Liga, you know, because he, he scored against Real Sociedad, which, according to some people, is what he's going to be remembered for that goal in a pre season. Let's just read through the remaining first team players in contracts. So none of these will be surprises, listeners, but we've got Bartos. Bielkowski, Jules Long, Danny Mack, uh, Murray Wallace, player of the season, Sean Hutchinson, who I think I was reading um, is having a, a contract uh, extending extension, if not already signed, certainly in negotiation. Jake Cooper, Scott Malone, Jules Saville, Ryan Leonard, Billy Mitch, George Evans, Tom Bradshaw, Mason Bennett and Tyler Bury. So they are here. That's the core of our team next season. The loans that have expired, boys, I mean, we, we, we've mentioned these many, many times over the course of our shows, but so again, no surprises here. But going back to Arsenal is Dan Ballard. I think we're going to miss Dan Ballard, chaps. Looks um, like he's on the move. Apparently, there's been five bids for him, according to press reports that I read. This have there, have there. It doesn't surprise me at all, Harry. Um, going back to Stoke is Benikafobe. We'll, we'll see on that on that front what what becomes of that. Um, Oliver Burke, uh, Shay Ojo, and Luke Freeman. Um, all of those are. Open question. I, mean, I suppose, apart from Dan Ballard, who I think we can't know we won't see at all, we may see Benningafobe if a deal can be done. We we may see Oliver Burke, Harry, because he's a Gary Rarick kind of player, isn't he, Oliver Oli Burke? And um, we may see him back again. I think he is. I think both of those two players that you just mentioned, the biggest stumbling block as usual, will be wages, money. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I don't think it's necessarily a transfers for the players. I think it will be wages. Mm. Um. That that's what I think. I also think that um, if they are going to come, they're going to come late because I think Aaron is right. The way I, no one's really done any business. I know we've still got the Champions League and we've got the Euro for Com- Conference League tonight. Um, yeah. But other than that, the seat and the playoffs. But other than that, the season's done. 
and uh, no one seems to have made other than releasing their like their released and retained list. Then no one's done any business. So I think everyone's got the same idea of leave it late and see what best. Go and see what's around. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Michael Shea Ojo and Luke Freeman. I, we, we we barely saw Luke Freeman, so it's easy to take the Mickey and away with his twelve minutes, which I did see, listeners, and I'm witness to the the twelve minutes of Luke. Um, Shea I think Ojo, there's lads I, with more minutes on the Millwall pitch than Luke played Freeman. the other night. <laughs> yeah, Shea Ojo. I don't. I don't know. I don't think Shea. Whether he's, he's the question really is whether he's a Gary Rowett type of player, and I, I don't know that there's an answer to that question. I, I thought he was he was okay. I didn't think he was um, a life changing player for me, um, Michael. I mean, we will see. Uh, like yeah. We have no insight into any of these players, do we? No, I think I think with Sheojo in the nicest way, it's like we've said a few times with him. He's he's always being loaned out from Liverpool, so to a degree, he's probably looking for a, a permanent deal somewhere. Hence all the constant yeah. loans. Um, and I think with us. Without trying to be disrespectful, he was very much a bit like a plaster over a leaking pipe. He was a, a bit of a short-term fix and could do a little bit of a job until we had a long-term goal of what we actually wanted to do with the position, formation and everything like that. He was very inconsistent, in my opinion. When he was good, he did actually look quite decent, but he didn't necessarily have that long of a run in the team. We say about Oli Burke, and I know when he first signed, um, I think he got injured early as well, didn't he? Um, mm. And that became a little bit of a bit of a joke similar to the Freeman thing but as soon as he was fit again he was definitely back in contention he was either starting or coming off the bench for Millwall so if we can agree those wages he, he's definitely one who I think that Rowett would keep the one that does bother me slightly is the phobia because he's, he's someone I would have um, and I know a lot of the Millwall fans have said on his day that we'd have him but from some of the articles you see I know that there was one recently i'm not going to name the publication it was a little bit clickbait you sort of clicked it and it was like well if mill put in a bid i'll stay but if they don't i'll go um mm. and that's not necessarily the sort of comment you want to hear from someone who you think would have their heart set on joining you um nothing against benica because he put in a shift when he was here but if he did want to stay if that article would have been a bit more well i'm going to do everything i can to make sure this deal goes through rather than obviously if mill will pay for me or not i mean i think in a, in a nutshell it's it's that it's that tension between us as fans wanting players to wear their heart on their sleeve and commit everything for Millwall Football Club and, you know, lo love us if you want. Um, whereas for many, many players, most of these players, these are these are just jobs. And like you and I might, you know, say I can get better money working for, you know, such and such a firm at somewhere else, you'll, you'll go there. But if this place wants to keep me on and that no other offers, I'll stay here. It's... It, it sounds a little bit um, hard to hear in the football context, but it's the same working attitude that we all bring to the, to the working week, isn't it? So we mustn't get too too precious over this kind of stuff, I think. No, I, I agree. But I also think that you've got to realise that football players have a short career. Um, yeah. Benicophobi is, what is he? He's definitely over 30 now. Um, he's toward the end of it, yeah. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. you know, would it, is it worth Benicophobi moving his, I don't know where his family's based, moving his family from Stoke, um, presumably, or, or, you know, he signed there on a long-term deal or a longish deal for a football player, mm. uprooting his family, moving his family to London to go on to less money where things cost more. It's not really a great financial end of your career decision. That would be my one caveat of that. And at the end of the day, that's the same for most players, which is why people like Aaron, people like me, People like Ryan have said that our model's wrong and we should be looking at young players that want to use us as a stepping stone. And people don't like that because they think that means that they're disrespecting the club. Hmm. No, because when you get young players in, the idea is they need, they, they think as long as their attitude is I'm using Millwall to better myself and better my career prospects and they're mutually beneficial outcomes, i.e. Millwall will get the best out of them. They get the best out of Millwall. Millwall sell them for a price. We invest again, a Brentford model. Or the Brentford, I was just going to say that club. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what you have to do when you're a smaller, a smaller club, especially in London. And um, yeah, we seemingly with with if we went to sign a phobie and if we went to, you know, with with Ojo, I compare Ojo and what I'd assume Ojo's wages would be to another inconsistent wide man but one who is ours and has been watched by Premier League clubs this season, 
as we are led to believe, would be Tyler Bury. Mm. And I'd much yeah. rather Tyler Bury have a three or four grand wage increase and maybe have some kind of long-term stability with an option his contract of a minimum release fee or something like that, where we know that we've got him for at least this amount of money, um, would be would be what I'd do with the money that you possibly spend on Ojo. But again, I'm not I'm not in charge of that, and I've I've not got any insight, obviously, listeners. But it's just about Mill will have to make their money work harder than others people's because you have less. You know, we've all got to save money at the moment, cost of living crisis and all that. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think Mill, I think Millwall have got to, got to live in a live in a constant cost of living prices, which is the championship. <laughs> Ever I mean, since eighteen eighty five, mate, oh, we've been yeah, in there. The, um... the only good thing is, is that we know one club that's come down are in absolute financial um, free fall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Burnley Football Club. Burnley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. Are, are Derby County Mark two. They, they look like next season's yeah. basket case, don't they? Already from the stories, we'll see how they perform uh, in the championship next season, uh, along with uh, Norwich and uh, Watford. From, from the who are Sky Sports going to wank over next season? There's no, there might not be any Forest. <laughs> it's going to be no Leeds. There's no Everton. Who are, who are Sun, going to be no Sunderland? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get up on Sunderland. Sunderland. Yep. Um, strange story, well, strange, wrong choice of word, listeners, but uh, just going through the list of uh, the retained list, and there's an article on um, London News Online, Mill will confirm the Jed, that we've offered a contract to Jed. Um, I don't know if I want to pin my hopes on him signing that. We, we live in hope, but we must be realists, um, listeners. And a strange one as well, boys, um, Michael Keefton Belt, who we've offered a contract to. I mean, I... I it's a, that's Keithton Bell. I mean, I, I don't mind him, Michael, but he's he's not. Um, he's Mister Reliability in some one sense. I suppose that's the that's the the hook, isn't it? That's the uh, it's a unique selling point, but that's his selling point. The fact that he's he's a kind of a reliable midfielder. Would you um, would you would you be offering him a contract? Interestingly, and without trying to make Harry go all red and smoke go out of his ears, yeah, I would if we played a different style of midfield. Um, Kifton builds very much that type of player who's like an anchor and would just give balls to the more flair players to do things with. Yeah. So if if you was to change your style a bit slightly where you actually introduced a bit more wide play and a bit more attacking midfielders rather than just having sort of free sit on the box with um, edge of the box with wing backs, um, then yeah, absolutely I would. Um, but while you've got a Billy Mitchell there who does a similar job and he's younger, and Leonard who does a similar job when he's fit, and Savile who you'd signed as an attacking midfielder and you're asking him to sit deep as well, mm. I, don't, I don't mind Clifton Bell. I know there's some people who, who, who don't like him or, or would see him. I, I don't mind him. Club. I don't mind him. But yeah, I'm, I'm like that. I'm, he's, a li- he's a little bit like tepid tea, isn't he? Like you, you'll drink it if it's there. But you could quite easily make another one. You know, it's <laughs> it's probably the best analogy I can have for him because he doesn't pull up any trees, but he's not going to let you down. Tepid I mean, tea for you, for you, H. It's not actually a knock at Kifton Bill. He's not the one that I'd get rid of, but he's the first one who's out of contract. So therefore, yeah, yeah. I'd let him go. Um, I, I mean, just going back, this is a Millwall midfield that had eight centre midfielders that is now down to five. If he stays, it will still be at five. Um, when I look across, then we possibly might only have one fit right back again because I can't see Marlon Romeo staying. Um, no, returning so, from loan listeners, Marlon Romeo. I can't um, see that happening. P- Panto so, villain no, number number one. Out there yeah, so I can't, I can't see that happening for, for obvious reasons. So um, Ryan Leonard is now maybe Gary Rowett's second choice right back, um, which is strange. So we need to sign one of them. So you're wasting the money that you could spend on wages signing another midfielder. Just makes the um makes the George Evans transfer all those months ago seem even more fucking batshit crazy than what it did at the time. Um Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just oh. like Kifton Bell Kifton Bell is a better version of Evans. Evans isn't a good enough centre back to play centre back for us. So therefore you know, one of them's got yeah, to go. No, I, I, That's I, I, one who's out of contract, and we're going to give them another contract. No one's going to buy, <laughs> spend money to buy these players. The only way to get rid of them is when their contracts go. I want, do you I know, at he... this moment in time, I wouldn't worry about Kiffin Bell. I'd worry about either getting Jed or getting someone in who could replace Jed. That'd be my absolute focus at the moment. 
Well, we're hoping they're working on that. I mean, just to complete the, the retained list, boys, I mean, we've mentioned Marlon already. I can't believe he will stay, um, which is a shame, in my opinion, but I don't think popular opinion matches my opinion. Who wants to Nick? Huh? Well, do you know what? I, I've, I've said this as we were in the midsummer. I mean, I've never done this show to be popular. I, you know, people can not listen to it; they don't want to listen to it. It's, and I don't mean that arrogantly. It's just you've got to say what you think, and you know, if some people don't agree with that. Well, they can do their own, the you know, put their own opinions out, can't they? That's 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 free speech. But um, I, I, Marlon is was a, a decent player, but you know, okay, he's he's not a perfect player, but who he is. But he was, um, he fell foul of the taking of the knee controversy. And that was, you know, the rest of it is is, is history. So I can't see him staying. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, the other two coming back from loan, Isaac Alofe, who remains this enigmatic figure that um, did very well with Sutton in their non-league and to some level, I think, in their uh, League Two uh, uh, seasons. Um, I think he was injured for a chunk of, of last term, so I've not really heard much about him since, but he's back with us now from, from Sutton. And and then also from uh, Brisbane Road, from, from Orient, Alex Mitchell has come back, who again gets, for those that have seen him, um, gets good reviews in, in League Two. Um, but I haven't seen him. I don't know if any of you guys have seen him, so I don't know what, I don't know how good a player he is, whether he's going to compete with... Jake and, 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 and Hutchinson and, and Murray Wallace and, and the others. See, so we'll, we'll see. See, I look at that and then I look at the fact that Alfie Mawson has just been released. A man that went for like, I can't remember, it was like eight, it was either eight or more million pounds. Mm. It was definitely a, a large amount of money. A ball playing centre-back with, you know, who's been promoted to the Premier League. And I look at him and I think, well, that's the kind of player we should be going to replace Ballard with. That's the centre, that's the ball playing centre-back. And every other championship team that won a ball playing centre back will be thinking the same. The problem is, is again, you've got to cut your cloth accordingly. And we, yeah, Gary Rowett seems quite sentimental about you know letting people go that he's worked with before. I think he's quite happy to let Millwall people go. I don't think he's very happy to let. Well, I think that that's driving the Keithton Bell decision, Harry, isn't it? Because he's worked with Keithton Bell at Birmingham, and he, he seems to like him, and that's. Well, there's that, that, that link to the uh, the Derby County boy. I can't remember his name. It's on my Twitter, but I, I can't remember. Yeah. We're linked someone from this Peter O'Rourke or whatever, saying we're linked to a Derby County, a Derby County defender. And I, I just answered flippantly, "Of course we are, because that's where we go and sign players in some kind of Championship Manager feeder club type type deal." Um, just um, just touching Isaac uh, for a moment, H. I mean, it's now or never for Isaac. I think if he's not going to come back and make and be a contender to start at Millwall now, we may as well let him go. Cause I don't, I don't think he will ever be. He's, I mean, he's, he's not, he's not, he's young, but he's not, not ultra young. He's at that crossroads point where it's, I think next season it will either happen for him or maybe, maybe not. I think he's I th- at crossroads. I, th- I think they're all, all this batch of youngsters or the last sort of batch of youngsters were all sort of brought through under Neil Harris, when he was the under-21 manager and then subsequently mm. the Millwall manager in, in League One. So you look at Fred, Sid Nelson, um, Aidan O'Brien, players like that, all of them have come through, either made it or not. Um, I mean, some people could turn around and say that, you know, most of them were good. A lot of them have ended up being League One players, which is the level that we started at. Um, some lower, some are uh, not there. But, the next set of Mill youngsters, the only ones that we've seen that seemingly have a bit about them is Tyler Bury that wasn't a Mill youngster. We signed him off AFC Wimbledon for a bag of track suits, basically, in, in modern in modern yeah. money sense. Um, and I just think we are... The, the next set of youngsters, I, I mean, I saw there, there's a young boy who had just signed on a professional deal who scored goals for fun. Um, I can't remember. Is it Tom Lee? Is it his name? I might, I might have got his name on there. Anyway, there, there was a couple of youngsters that Millwall have decided to take on professionally from this year's bunch of under-18s. Lovelace, obviously, hasn't decided. Lovelace was another name I was going to mention. Yeah, He, he um, hasn't decided what he's doing. The no. um, uh, the pathway the pathway needs to be there for these players. I think that's an important thing to remember. And 
from what we've seen under Gary Rowett, he does tend to prefer older heads, um, more experienced heads. And the problem is with that is to buy uh, experience costs money because you can't get it uh, organically. You have to promote with within that mill a little bit. And um, there's a balance in that to be found. You say, you say that though, Harry, about the pathway. It, it is, I think there's, I know this uh, Rowett likes those type of players and all that, but I, I think that the pathway, especially at championship level, is probably more here than it was under Neil Harris, in the sense that when we went up to the championship, Neil Harris said, didn't he, from, from the off, it's very difficult once you're at this level to flood through your youngsters. You know, when you was in League One and you was giving these young players a try, even when you was getting the likes of Jed Wallace and George Savile on loan, not massively well-known, heard-of players, but you was flooding them in. But I, uh, um, Mitchell flourished this season. Arguably, could have been in contention for, um, you know, sort of young player of the year, which McNamara won. McNamara comes second um, in the uh, in the player of the year overall. You just touched on Tyler Bury. Yes, he may not be one of our youth players, but he's someone who who, who we've got and he's young and he's being given a crack of the whip. So. Yeah, the, the the pathway may not be as wide and vast as we would like, where we're getting all these players in. But it's certainly, I'd say, there's it, it's certainly more visual than it was under Jacket and, and to a degree Harris Def, in, in the definitely, def, definitely Jacket. I think I think Jacket was pretty much of the opinion that he could close down the youth system. Pretty much. I mean, what Connor Wilkinson? I know, obviously, that's just the famous sort of I'm going on to bigger and better things mm. and ends up at League Two Bolton at the time or or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I get your point with Billy Mitch and I get your point with Danny Mack. I think Danny Mack was more out of necessity because I don't think he'd have got, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think you would have got given him a game. If we hadn't well, that was the loss of, um, loss of Marlon, um, wasn't Harry, that, it? Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, I mean, I can't prove that or disprove that. Um, it was what it was. The, the, the Bury thing, when I say about Bury, is that, you know, that you've got to be careful when you bring in, all right, Oliver Burke, you know, scored a couple of goals and whatever. But Ojo, I think fucking Bury's as good as Ojo. Because uh, mm. Ojo, they're both as inconsistent as each other. I mean, the QPR game, Bury was unbelievable. You'd have said he'd played 100 games in a champ. Um, all right, he's had other games where he's not looked at it. But that is what a young player is. Now, I know which one's going to cost lots, less money. I, I, I know which one I want. So, you know, there's, there's those kind of decisions to be made. And I do think that affects affects not just the first team. I think that affects the teams underneath, the under-23s, the under-21s, the 18s, whatever. I think you can't underestimate seeing players that you may have played with at younger age groups or whatever that come through and, uh, and and do it. So, yeah, I'll take the point. I think it's, I think we've got to be, be realistic and think that, you know, um, we've got to be so good to make what we've got work. You're going to lose Jeb Wallace, as you said, Mike. And to yeah. replace Jeb Wallace, you probably need two, if not three, players. Um, and none of them are going to be Jed's quality because the ones that are Jed's quality are going to cost money that we ain't necessarily got. And, you know, you're going to have to take, even if you bought three players, I think they say 25% of transfer, uh, transfers work. So we'd have to buy, what, four players to... Hopefully, get one, get one. That might be yeah. good uh, as Jed. So, there's just uh, going back to the the article and just um, reading a list of um, I think these are all under under twenty threes, and I don't know any of these names apart from one vaguely. Listeners, um, is uh, these all have co- uh, contract options triggered? So it's just interesting that the these are seen as being retainable, shall we say? Jordan Gilmore, I don't know him. Ryan Sanford is a goalkeeper, I believe, and I. Th- yeah, I don't know if he's played yeah. for the first team, but he's, he's certainly been on the bench. I believe. Definitely bench, yeah. Um, Joe Wright, Arthur Penny, Nana Boateng. I think didn't he? Uh, Nana uh, was he not he on, was the on the bench during the um, the injury period that we had? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Briscoe, the same. Um, Alfie Allen, um, Abdul Abdul Malik, who I think was the the boy that was well highly rated um, coming from the from the youth ranks. Um, Bessart Topolaj, who I think was on the bench at one point. Isaac Alofe, we've mentioned, and has had uh, this contract um, trigger, uh, option trigger uh, uh, this season. 
And finally, Sebastian Drozd. I mean, most of those don't know the names. I'm not going to presume to comment on them, chaps. But uh, it's interesting that these young players are seen as part of the uh, part of the scene for next season, at least. So perhaps there's a chance for some continuation of of the, of the pathway. Let's let's leave it that way. The no, thing with it is, is that Millwall can choose to do this reset one or two ways. They can either choose to accept that. We've lost Jed, possibly, but I think definitely. Um, so we've lost Jed, and say we don't get a phobia either, and we've lost Ballard. Now, we're not going to, you know, we've, we've losing those three players. Let's be realistic. It's immensely difficult for us to get to the playoffs anyway with those three players, let alone without them. It is nigh on impossible. I don't think the league's particularly good um, in terms of the teams that have come down. There's probably one more spot available in that top six then I thought there would be with Burnley's financial problems on Leeds or Everton not coming down but we have been significantly weakened by losing our best player um so for me you either you either double down and you go and spend and you have to spend well or you promote with within and you see where it takes you and you have a season of patience from the fans to understand what they're trying to do the key word there is patience and Millwall mm. fans and suffer with that bit a little bit. Also, I think, well, that's, I a think old, that's a big old drop in it from Championship yeah, it to is, League yeah. One if it don't it go right. I think yeah. we're more patient than we're given credit for, Harry. If if we can see a commitment to a plan of action, you know, no patience is 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 infinite, but. Um, I think if, if fans can see a commitment to young players, um, I think the problem that we'll have is where young players make errors and mistakes, which is part of the, um, the package when you when you put youngsters into into uh, championship situations. I think people will, and in, in fairness to Mill fans in the past, we've shown that we will back youngsters if we see it. Um, I think uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Cause, I mean, there's another article here. I was just going to mention it before we close out the attack. I mean, state the bleeding obvious. Whoever wrote this, this is Richard Corley. Richard Corley, state the obvious, Richard. I'm, I'm going to state it with you that the attacking department is the key area for Millwall's transfer focus this summer, and so it will be. I mean, I, I, I looked on the in the league table, um, 53 goals we scored this season. Only West Bromwich Albion in the top 10, which is where we aspire to be, have scored less than us. Uh, each of the playoff contenders, boys, scored 60 plus goals. Forest scored 20 more than we did, 73 goals. Um, there's the measure of the task. And as you've said, Harry, we're, we're losing our, our marquee player in, in Jed Wallace. It's, um, we're going to need to see some, some, some movement, some action, um, because that's not going to get any better and potentially it could get worse. So we don't want that. Um, it could be an interesting summertime ahead for us. I think. Could do with a couple of teams getting point deductions for your art rate, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly along, um, I, I, I just love the. I, I got this image of uh, Mill. We've got a training camp lined up, Michael, in, in a place called Fota Island in Ireland. It's like it sounds like a secure location, the kind of <laughs> like Al Alcatraz Island or something, where fans yeah. cannot get to it other than by, um, you know, crossing the water. I, I don't know. I think it's off of Cork, uh, Cork Harbour. So it's actually in the harbour of, uh, of Cork. Mill fans, Mill fans coming by like <laughs> rowing boat. To, it sounds, he, it sounds really nice, um, and I don't know it. I've never been, so I don't know. But um, it, I just have this picture of Alcatraz Island, where you, you know you, you kind of die trying to get there. You know, shark infested waters, trying to get to the uh, the Mill precinct. There'll, there'll be there'll be all there'll be all camp. boats with machine guns around um, <laughs> around around the island. Yeah. I just pictured David Ford standing on the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. No Lurch, one crosses this wall. Floating in the Irish Sea, making yeah. sure boats don't come over. Yeah. Some some of those Ukrainian missiles shooting your your, your boats as you're trying to get to Fota Island from the, the Cork Harbour. We'll see. Oh, just one last thing to close us, boys. I mean, obviously we're in the playoff um, zone now. The new season will start on the weekend of July the 30th. It's going to be a strange season next year, but just to before we complete the playoff zones. One thing that's really stuck out, much to um, the uh, the media's, um, you know, kind of uh, annoyance has been the, the pitch invasion. I mean, obviously, um, 
it, it's a it's a fascinating thing of pitch invasions. It much seems to have historically depended who did it. I mean, any Millwall pitch invasion is inherently um, a hostile act akin to you know Vladimir Putin sending his troops into action. But and when other Ukraine. other clubs do it, Harry, it's joy filled and wonderful to see. Usually, plucky non league clubs or possibly joy-filled Manchester City fans until it all goes wrong and players are being assaulted. We, we've seen a number of really um, severe incidents. There was, was it Billy Sharp got, got head-butted yeah. and, and now the fan concern is doing some time, some jail time. Um, there's an incident with a player, uh, well, uh, Patrick Vieira, uh, I, I'm not going to call it yeah, assault. Yeah, I think he, fan, wasn't it? yeah, yeah I, I won't call it assault because he's kicked the boy up the arrest when he's in his face with a phone. So, you know, I, I can get that that's, that's um, provocation. And there was another one, wasn't there, where a player um, has, has now uh, been... McBurney. Um, McBurney. 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 Parrot, allegedly. allegedly. And uh, then, obviously, the Villa keeper apparently got assaulted yeah so whatever I haven't, I haven't really followed that one but the, uh, the Gerard um, spoke at the press conference about the the keeper being so I mean this this is players being assaulted I'm not going to get on my horror moral horror my moral high horse here listeners because um you know at Millwall we we, we are very familiar with pitch invasion we, it, it, there's, there's a humorous factor to it of course but um not when it turns into full-scale assault. I mean, I, I can't imagine the, the national opprobrium that will come our way if if uh, an opposition <laughs> player was, was head-butted at Millwall, Harry. Can you can you picture the scene? I, you know, I, mean, um, I, I mean, I can picture it. I can picture the, the Red Tops <laughs> front pages. I think they'd... Close this club. They'd do a lot of business that day. Um, uh, the day after, they'd rub their hands together. They'd think it was back to sort of the 90s. But um, I generally think that this is that society, because I'll use Reg Burr's quote, uh, society, mm. football's a convenient peg for yeah, society yeah. its social wheels on, um, I think you've locked people up for two years. You've uh, forced them, well, not forced, but you can view it as forced. Le- legally denied them the rights uh, of uh, association. Yeah, yeah, Forced them to have a vaccine or yeah. uh, for a long period looked like that was going to be a, a standard fare. You've had politicians from both political parties, regardless of your allegiances, your stripe, um, yeah. uh, pictured in compromising legal positions. Let me put it that way. Um, and are we, ta- are we talking about the Green Party here, Harry? I, I, I think it comes in many, many directions, but you're right, Harry. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, and people. Mental health, and I, I do generally believe this, the mental health crisis that stiff up a lip and all that, that has been kept for a long time, managed to get people through those two years. This is like sort of the intervening war years in the fact that everyone sort of just <laughs> went out and went on the piss. Um, and that's pretty much how I, how I see that. There are overspills of pent-up emotion. There are overspills of something that is remarkably deeper in the psyche of society at the moment of fuck it I'll do what I want I could be dead tomorrow or they might take my freedom away or whatever and these are all interesting mental dilemmas for more interesting and more intelligent people than myself to discuss but I do believe that there is a massive massive overhang from not going to football not getting pent-up aggression out not being able to exercise and an unhealthy sort of crisis of mental health in this country precipitates itself in a mob mentality when they are released in what should be a joyous celebration see i i I will say in this that if no one hits anyone there is no problem with pitch invasions suck it up people want to celebrate that's it right life's too short but when people are getting it and assaulted during the pitch invasions that's when they can't happen anymore because you well, know, that's that's the thing with Billy Sharp. Yeah, didn't he? Apparently, he had stitches in his face. Yeah, he took yeah, it. He took it smack on the on, on well on the. Yeah. Arm it was like, almost like a running butt. It was like a, yeah, yeah. a it was like a Tim Kale glancing header to Billy Sharp's face. Not to make light. The other of it, the other, the other thing that struck me is this this this, this TikTok driven world, mad world. I, I, I'm interested in what you're saying there, Harry, but I, I do think that 
social media reflects a certain nervous breakdown of society and that your celebration has got to be the maddest biggest with the most flares and and all captured on your on your iphone for for posting on on social media i, I don't think Christian that helps Pallis. i, I blame, blame social Pallis. media who are you, who are you going to blame michael who are you blame I'm, I'm blaming social media harry's blaming Crystal Palace and well, that TIFO uh, kind lockdown. of driven nonsense. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. a, I'm a referee. I have to be impartial. Impartiality. Yeah. Personified, mate. No, no, no. Do, do you know what you 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 say that I do? I do think there is a degree with the social media side of it because people are are doing it because they want to sort of get the most buzz. And and like you just you just said it there with with the, with the flares, Nick. I mean, yes, I, I know we 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 jest about Palace having flares, but. They were one of the only teams. Well, we, had one, we had one they, last game of the season, didn't we? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're seeing, them, you're seeing them everywhere now, aren't you? And, you know, and it weren't yeah. so long ago that, that you know, flares, flares weren't seen in the sort of English game. It was very much abroad and in Germany's and Turkey's and these these other countries where it was a little bit more of how their fans are, you know, rightly or wrongly. You know, every different fan base has their different cultures. It could be the European culture that there's all these young... It could be us just being old old gits where these young young supporters are now being influenced by the, the more international foreign game and want to bring some of it over here. The, me- the yeah. media, the media, as, as in much of life, listeners, in my opinion, uh, the media have much to much blame to, uh, to to shoulder in many many areas of life, but particularly on this because it's some might argue a small thing. But I was looking at um, a German game, Harry, the other day, and I can't remember if it was it was one that one that might have been Leipzig. Or they'd they'd won a, a, a I think it might have been the German Cup. Yeah, and there was yeah, yeah, and there was this like huge flare display at one end. You know, everyone's got a, a, a like an orange glowing flare thing going off, and there was this kind of almost admiration. Look at the look at the fan culture at Leipzig. Look at this. And, I mean. <laughs> Quite dangerous, really, because they're all holding smouldering things. That I don't know what temperature these things burn at, but they're they're very very high temperatures. Um, and you can say nanny state, you shan't, you shouldn't ban people from doing what they want to do. But equally, if you're going to show that as a as a point of admiration, you can't uh, can't they do then condemn Clutch people. For once. Yeah, well, when, when yeah, people yeah, they've yeah. one been admired, somebody else runs on a picture of it and they're going, oh my, oh my gosh, look at this, you know. I mean, I think uh, I think I was going to make that point about the Palace thing is every time Palace are on Sky, and it is every time, look at these magnificent homes, self, and that it fucking, mm. you know, the flag waving. Up there, yeah. flag yeah. waving. Uh, look at that, creating what an atmosphere. And it, it, if you're an impressionable teenager, 14, 15, 16, yeah. And you've watched football for two years. You're not a 14, 15, 16 year old anymore. You're 16 or you're 18. And you go Absolutely. back out into the world after after COVID and you've watched football behind closed doors and they've talked about how great it would be have the fans back. And then they're now all fucking messaging each other all the time, fucking TikTok, Twitter, yeah. everything. And they go, oh, yeah, you know, wouldn't it be great if we, you know, all of us stormed? Is that, there's, it's not like old school where you'd, maybe this is the naivety of the modern generation is that it's not enough to do it you've got to fucking film it and post it you can't say, exist you've got to prove that you've done something yeah i have to say dear listener this actually just shows as well you know harry's now in the 30 plus category i'm well in the 30s and nick i, I won't say your age no, no, you'd be we're, 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 mo- we're moaning about uh, all these flares and all that malarkey. The first couple of hours this morning, we were talking about how quick the Elizabeth line was. So it just goes to show, really, doesn't it? Uh, well, Athletic part of the podcast. Is, uh, yeah. Really yeah. That's, a, that's a good point to leave it. Flares, flares belong in the 1970s, dear listeners. Well, I, I used to wear a pair. So there we are. Big thank you for taking time out your daytime, Harry and Michael. Appreciate your time, chaps. You've both probably got things to do. Thank you to you, dear listener, for listening into this show. We'll be back later on in the summertime with another uh, whimsy-style show like this. Until then, it's Arriva Dershi Moore, and bye for now. You have been listening to Achtung, Millwall. Please do leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Danke schon. Up the lines.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.